Hi, and welcome to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge with Senior Ministers John and Anne Uliano. Have you ever wondered about how to better connect with God? Well, that's exactly what we're going to help you with in this week's show, where you'll learn how to more fully love God, grow spiritually, and help others. If you have your Bibles, would you open to Matthew 25 and... and um, I want to talk to you this morning just for a few moments on helping others with their physical needs, helping others with their emotional needs, and helping others with their spiritual needs. And in helping others, we've got these three areas that we're focusing in on. And, and, and coming into Christmas, we want to focus on helping people in their physical needs. But this is what's interesting is that Jesus uses this parable as an end time parable. We've been talking about end times over the last couple of weeks. We've been talking about the rapture of the church. We've been talking about what's happening in the end times. And, and in Matthew 24 and 25, Jesus answers questions that the disciples asked about end times. And in, and in um, Matthew 25, Jesus gives three end time parables. One of the parables is the parable of the ten virgins. You know, the five foolish and the five wise virgins. And then the second one is the parable about the talents. And it's important that we understand that God has gifted us to use our gifts to bless the world around us. And then the third, well, it's not a parable. It's, it's a prophecy of what's going to happen. And so let's read it. From Matthew 25, verse 31, it says this. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, the Son of Man is Jesus referring to himself. When Jesus comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory and all the nations will be gathered before him. This reference to all the nations, it's all the people of the world will be gathered before him and he will separate them from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats and he will set the sheep on his right hand but the goats on the left then the king will say to those on his right hand come you blessed of my father inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world what a wonderful thing it will be to be on the right hand of God at that time how many of you believe that'll be a wonderful thing you don't want to be on the left because on the left, there's no inheriting the kingdom. There's actual, there's damnation and you don't want that. But let's read verse 35. Let's, let's read verse, uh, verse 34. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundations of the earth. For, then he gives the reason for the blessing. Here, here he goes and he says, For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him. What a wonderful thing it is to be called the righteous. Huh? Put your hand on your heart and say, I'm one of those. A righteous person. What a beautiful thing. Then the righteous will say to him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? 
When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and came to you? Then the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it for one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it for me. You know what Jesus is saying there? He's saying that not one good deed will go unnoticed. Not one will go unnoticed. You think you did it in secret? You think you did it and nobody was watching, but I was watching. Because somehow what you did for the least of these came all the way to me. What? It came all the way to me. What am I saying to you? I'm saying this, that all of us can do something. We might not be able to do everything, but we're able to do something. We might not be able to help everyone, but we can help someone. And that someone makes all the difference. And I was moved, Matt, when you said, that there's a whole bunch of people that had said, if it wasn't for life source and community care, we might not be around. And do you know what? That so touches me. It so touches me that we're able to be like Jesus and give life just by being generous. Can I also say the second thing is this, is that not only do we want to help people in their physical needs and community care is set up to do that, but we also want to help people with their emotional needs. Helping others doesn't just stop at helping them physically. It starts there, but it doesn't stop there. So as a church, we want to help people in their emotional needs. And, and oh my goodness, is there a crisis of emotion? Maybe some of you last night cried yourself to sleep. Maybe some of you last night went home and you felt lonely. You felt alone. And, and part of what we're called to do is to help people in their emotional needs. See, when you read the New Testament, there's 59 occurrences in the New Testament where we are commanded to do things for one another. 59 times. And we call these the one another verses. The one another. So we can't do one another alone. We can't do one another separate. We've got to do one another with each other. And of the 59 times that one another is mentioned, 15 times we're told to love one another. 15 times love one another. Not once, not twice, 15 times we're told to love one another. And, and how do you love one another? Just by being a friend, just by being there, just by showing concern. Sometimes it's just a phone call, just thinking about you. Just a phone call. I want another to love one another. Eight times out of the 59, it tells us to encourage one another. Encourage. And we'll give you these notes if you want the notes with all the 59. It's, um, we'll put it in the newsletter again. Is that okay? How many of you have been enjoying getting my notes on the news, in the newsletter? Five of you. That's awesome. I feel so 
I feel so encouraged. You five have so encouraged me. Yeah. Are there any takers on five? If you, oh yeah, now, now you're feeling guilty. Okay, <laughs> I don't want to do that. <laughs> There's just something about encouraging people. I, I pray to God that you're one of those people that through your discouragement, you encourage others. Because there's not one person in this room that doesn't have a challenge. We all have challenges. I've got challenges. Huh? He said, but you're the pastor. The pastor has challenges. You know, I, I was confined to my bedroom for six days. We got a house full. We got four generations living in my house. And so I contracted COVID. And so I was confined to my bedroom for six days. And the police were out in my house to make sure that I stayed in my bedroom. My three-year-old granddaughter, if I snuck out, she'd see me. Get back to your bedroom, no, no. between my legs I'd sneak back into the bedroom but you know what we've all got challenges but if you were full of God you'll overcome your challenges to be a blessing to somebody because everybody in your world needs to receive a word of encouragement and you know what I find I find that the more you encourage others the more they encourage you and it becomes a beautiful lifting of each other. What a wonderful thing it is to look for someone that you don't know today. Look for someone that you don't know, someone outside of your demographic and just go up and introduce yourself and just say, it's so nice to see you. It's so nice to be in church together. I've missed you. I haven't seen you for a long, long time, but it's so nice to see you. And I'm so glad that you're here today because I really believe that God's got a word for you. God's got something special for you. You're important to God. What a beautiful thing it is to just show love and encouragement and meet someone's emotional need. The third thing, and I love this, is that we're here not only to help people in their physical needs, not only to help people in their emotional needs, but also to help people in their spiritual needs. We are spirit beings. Now, the world has no idea of what I'm talking about. But you know what? The world hasn't written the Bible. God's written the Bible. And what the Bible tells us is this, is that God is spirit and God made us according to his image. And he placed a spirit within us and he clothed that spirit in a physical body. And so when you see people, you're seeing their physical body. But as soon as you start speaking to them, then you're connecting with their soul and you're connecting with their spirit. And when a person dies, their physical body remains, but their soul and spirit disappear. 
And that's what death is, is when the soul and the spirit is removed. And those of you that have been to a funeral have noticed, wow, look at that. That's just a physical being there. But what, what makes them them is not there. That's your spirit. That's your soul. Now, can I just say to you that the Bible is clear that there is a battle for your spirit. Oh, come on, I'm telling you right now. There is an evil one. You're saying, John, what are you talking about? I'm talking about a spirit realm that you need to be aware of. In Ephesians chapter 6, it says, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. There's a real force, there's a real spiritual force out there And you kind of think that your enemy is a person, but it's not. It's a spirit that's out to suppress you, out to oppress you, out to cause pain and anguish in your life. But Jesus came to set the captives free. And this is the message that I really want to focus in on today. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, it says, For this purpose was the Son of God manifest, that He might destroy the works of the evil one. You say the works of the evil one, yes. If you are suffering oppression, if you are suffering depression, if you are suffering a black cloud over your life, if you are having nightmares, if you're having suicidal thoughts, if, if, if you were just surrounded in darkness, I'm telling you right now, that's the work of the enemy out to destroy you. But you are not here by chance. You are not here by coincidence today. You are here by divine appointment so you could hear a message of grace, so you could hear a message of love, so you could hear a message that is anointed by the Holy Spirit to tell you this, that Jesus came to set the captives free, that Jesus came to break the bondage of darkness from your life, that you might live in the light and love of God, that you might experience the presence of God, the peace of God, the joy of God, the beauty of God, that your life might be surrounded by light, not by darkness. Can you open your Bible to Luke chapter 4 verse 18? Because in Luke chapter 4 verse 18... Jesus expresses his job description. Jesus expresses what he came to do. Comes into the synagogue of Capernaum and there he gets the scroll from Isaiah. And there's a prophecy regarding the coming Messiah. And then Jesus takes the scroll, he opens it up. And he begins to read, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. It's a spiritual thing. Not just a physical thing, it's a spiritual thing. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Oh, what a wonderful thing. It is to be anointed of the Holy Spirit. What a powerful thing it is, ladies and gentlemen, for you to say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. What a wonderful thing it is for you to rise up one day out of the darkness, out of the mediocrity of this world and begin to be able to confess the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. What a privilege it is to be able to stand in front of you today and say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. 
And if you're spiritual, you can sense it. You can sense that there's something powerful happening in this room right now. Because it's the anointing of God. It's the Spirit of God that brings liberty, that brings deliverance, that brings openness to those that are blocked up and locked up. And Jesus began to prophesy in the synagogue of Capernaum as He read these words, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the Gospel to the poor. The Gospel is the good news that Jesus Christ came to bring deliverance. That Jesus Christ came to break the bondage of the evil one. That Jesus Christ came to forgive sins, to wash them away, to remove them from you as far as the east is from the west so that you can be pure so that you can be washed so that you can be sanctified so that you can be justified so you can stand before God not with the guilt and shame of your past but washed and cleansed and impurity and in light the spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach the gospel to the poor then Jesus came and and I've come to heal the broken the broken whether the broken in heart whether they're broken in spirit, whether they're broken in mind, Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted, the broken in mind, the broken in soul, the broken in spirit, on the internal. See, this is, this is the thing is that sometimes people look whole on the outside. They look like they've got it together on the outside, but on the inside they're broken. And sometimes you don't know, you only hear about it. Oh, so-and-so committed suicide. They looked all right the last time. Yeah, they looked all right on the outside, but on the inside they were broken. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus came to heal those who are broken on the inside. Jesus came to heal you. If you're here today and you feel broken on the inside, Jesus came to bring healing to you, to bring restoration to your spirit, to your soul. And there's nothing more beautiful than to open up your heart and say, Jesus, will you heal my brokenness? Oh God, there's things in my life that I'm ashamed of. There's hurt, there's pain, there's, there's betrayal. But Lord, would you just heal me on the inside so I can be whole? Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. He came to proclaim liberty to those who are in captivity, those who are in bondage. He came to give sight to the blind. And we're not just talking about the physically blind. We're talking about the spiritually blind. And oh my Lord, if there is not a spiritual blindness in the world today, there's a spiritual blindness in the world. There's a spiritual blindness in the media. There's a spiritual blindness to, to the influence that's upon your life. And what you need today is for God to open your eyes that you might see good and bad, that you might see light and dark, that you might see evil and righteousness, that you might have that spirit of discernment to see what is going on in the world. And you need your blindness to be removed so you can see what God sees and walk in that liberty. He came to give liberty to the oppressed. He came to proclaim, I love this, the acceptable year of the Lord. What's the acceptable year of the Lord? In the Old Testament, the acceptable year of the Lord was the year of Jubilee. And it happened every 50 years. 
And every 50 years, what happened was that that which you had lost was restored to you. Just an amazing thing that happened in the year of Jubilee, that if you had land and houses, and for whatever reason you'd lost it, it was restored to you in the year of Jubilee. So that which you had lost got restored to you. If you were walking in poverty and you, for whatever reason, lost all of your wealth on the year of Jubilee, it was restored back to you. How awesome is that? How many of you have had stuff stolen from you? How many of you have had the enemy come into your camp and steal from you? I'm telling you right now, when Jesus comes, he will restore the years that the canker worm has eaten, the locust has eaten, the years of brokenness and, 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 and all that sort. I know that I'm speaking Christian jargon that some of you got no idea what I'm talking about. But I'm talking Bible prophecy that says this, that God will restore that which was taken from you. God is the God of restoration. And today I tell you, the anointing that was on Jesus needs to be upon the church. Where the Spirit of the Lord is upon the church to bring release to the captives, to set the captives free. Thanks for choosing to listen to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge. If you like this week's podcast, then please share it with a friend. More information about who we are is available at lifesource.org.au. On behalf of Senior Ministers John and Ann Giuliano, we look forward to connecting with you next time at the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge.